How you doing? My name's Lewis Mandalore, and I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Hello once again, this is Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 644 of On Screen and Beyond, the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we go back to My Big Fat Greek Wedding, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2, and the upcoming My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. That's coming out on September 8th, and we have Nick on the show. Nick was played by Louis Mandalore, and Louis is going to be letting us in on the new movie that's coming out and also about his career and uh, his his boxing and everything. There's a lot of different things we're going to talk about here, so get ready for that. Louis Mandalore is coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. I want to thank you for uh, subscribing or following On Screen and Beyond, depending on what they call it on the, the you know the podcast provider that you're getting these from. Uh, it's uh, basically, it's free, and, and you just turn around and click on that, uh, follow or uh, subscribe, whichever way you want to call it. And on there, you will automatically get on screen and beyond as soon as we release it. So that's uh, the best way to get it each week. And you can have uh, that and, you know, we'll uh, bring you more and more as we go along here. And uh, if you can do us a favor and turn around and like us or uh, turn around and leave a review, give us a five-star review, that would be great. That would help us out, get some more people Due to, due to the algorithms that they use to figure this all out on those uh, platform providers. But it just lets more and more people know about uh, On Screen and Beyond, and we appreciate that. And, of course, if you uh, you know are looking for something to listen to while you're uh, working out or working around the yard or whatever you're doing, uh, taking a long car ride or anything, listen to On Screen and Beyond you can go to onscreenandbeyond.com and you can see every single episode that we have put out and all the guests that we've had. And you can uh, click on them, download them there, whatever, and uh, just have a good time listening to these. Hear these these people you, that you've seen on you know, TV and movies and also the uh, musicians that we've had. And it's just so many things that they, they uh, tell us. So um, be sure to check those out at onscreenandbeyond.com. And let's see here. We are going to get right into it. We got a lot of interesting things coming your way as far as remakes, sequels, and prequels, and new movies, and everything else. So let's get right into it. It's time for remakes, sequels, and prequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. Remake sequels and prequels. It looks like The Princess Diaries 3 is still in development. Uh, last November, it was announced that a third installment would be made in the franchise. Of course, all these strikes that are going on for the uh, film industry, when it'll come out, we don't know. But uh, that's what they're saying right now. Jennifer Gardner, she is going to be back in her Electra suit. Uh, she's going to play Electra once again. She originally played it in 2003's Daredevil, and she's going to be playing Electra in Deadpool 3. 
And The Nun 2, the sequel to The Nun, will arrive in theaters on September 8th. And that's it for remakes, sequels, and prequels. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a look at movies, uh, upcoming new movies that uh, are original, not uh, remakes, sequels, and prequels. And that's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Upcoming new movies, a film called The Place I Belong is in the works. It will be about a pro golfer, Mo Norman. And Woody Harrelson and Owen Wilson will star in Lips Like Sugar. Now, this is a crime thriller set back in the 1984 Olympics. And Dave Batista and Ice Cube will star in an action comedy called Killer's Game. And look for Vince Vaughn, Susan Sarandon, Talia Shire, and Brenda Vaccaro, along with others. And they're going to be all headlining a new comedy called Donna's. Okay, now I think I said that one right. It's 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 a weird spelling. It looks like Donna's with an N, so I'm going to say Donna's. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, that's what it is. It's uh, going to be coming up, and you can keep an eye out for that. We will let you know, too, when it's uh, going to be arriving. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, movies and TV on DVD and streaming. Movies and TV on DVD and streaming, the high-octane action thriller with Gerard Butler, Kandahar, hits Blu-ray and DVD on July 18th on digital right now, and uh, 1923 with Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford rides on to Blu-ray and DVD on August 8th, and Monster High, the movie, flies on to DVD on August 8th also. And that is it for movies and TV on DVD and streaming. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and entertainment time. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Robert Wagner, and I'm on On Screen and Beyond. I hope you'll be listening. TV and entertainment time. Amazon is making a sequel series to Sausage Party. Now, remember that one? That's from 2016. Seth Rogen. It was an R-rated animated film. Not one for the kids, that's for sure. Uh, but they're going to make a series on that one. All right. And on July 23rd, it's the date for Paramount Plus to bring us the new series, Special Ops Lioness. All right. So we're going to be getting some new stuff before, of course, the strikes affect everything and we don't have anything to watch except reruns or, you know, whatever reality stuff that they put out. So we'll see what happens with that. And actress Andrea Evans of One Life to Live and The Young and the Restless fame died this past week at the age of 66. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to sit down with Louis Mandalore. He's from My Big Fat Greek Wedding, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2, and the upcoming My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. And he, of course, was Nick in the film, and all the films, I should say, and the TV show. Uh, he's done so much other stuff, and we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more Louis Mandalore, next on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, during his career, our guest has portrayed detectives, chaplains, Sheriffs, wardens, senators, agents, mayors, doctors, as well as Santa and Joey's doppelganger on Friends. But he is most known for his role as Nick in My Big Fat Greek Wedding, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2, My Big Fat Greek Life TV series, and in theaters on September 8th, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. It's Louis Mandalore. Louis, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you. Pleasure to be here, Brian. Yeah. Now, I'm going over your career and it, and I'm seeing all these different roles that you've played. And uh, of course, yeah, that sounded pretty good, by the way, listening to you read that back. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I failed to do was say all the shows you were on because, you know, there's what NCIS or, you know, so many different ones. Uh, but I, I just want to give people an idea of the different, uh, how diverse you've been with the, the different roles you've done. Is, is it tough doing, you know, being so many different people? <laughs> um, well, firstly, you know, it's interesting because i got to tell you, I, I, up till this moment, I've never, when you just read it out, it's pretty interesting to know that, yeah, come to think of it, there's been an array of different characters and um, it's always a lot of fun and uh, it's always a lot of work and they're all a little different, uh, granted. Um, a lot of bad, I've played a lot of bad guys, which <laughs> is a lot of fun. And uh, a lot of good guys. And, and and ultimately, I mean, reminds me of something Gene Hackman said that, you know, they asked him, you play a lot of bad guys. And he said, no, I play good guys with problems, you know. So yep. 
that's kind of the twist I think most actors take on any character. You know, you want to give it layers and I guess justify their every action. So yeah, it's I'm blessed to have played an array of these different characters. It's a lot of fun and it's it's taxing at times. Yeah. Now you know it's funny because a lot of the actors, in fact, I w- I would guess at least ninety five percent of the people that I've interviewed over the years have the, said the same thing that playing the bad guy is always more fun. Is that, do you, do you find that as, you know, um, that's why I said, even the good guys, you want to, you know, sometimes good is a little damn boring, isn't it? For, for the masses. <laughs> so even if they're good guys that, you know, give them a twist or an edge, I think that's what makes great actors great that, you know, mm-hmm. you give them those layers, but yeah, it seems that, most of the times, correct me if I'm wrong, we're always rooting for the damn villain. Why is that? Because most of the times they're written with layers, I think, you know, they've got their backgrounds and, you know, they've got the reasons why. And, you know, people can relate to it, maybe, I think, but they are definitely more fun to play because you get to kick some ass and do some bad things that you can't really do every day. So, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. So, Exciting news. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 is coming. And uh, it's it, it, this film series started out as such a just a, you know, just a little film that yep. seemed to explode. Yep, that's right. Um, you know, it's one of those things, you know, it's it's subjective in the sense, isn't it? It's art, but it's also, it's storytelling, but it's like, you know, some people like something, they, but, and most, some, that exact same thing, people, I've been told, don't see this certain movie, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. And and this happens a lot to me, and I end up going to see that movie that associates and friends dislike, and I absolutely loved it. So there's that element to it, but when you have a movie that, I mean, I, I've been saying this for a while with Fat Wedding. It just, it's so relative. It relates to all cultures. It relates to all family. And it seems like everyone's got the crazy cousin and the crazy dad and all the rules. And, you know, don't marry him. He's got long hair. He's not from our culture. So with this movie year, I think, especially the timing of the first one, I think it's one of those universally um, appreciated films, whereas war films, action films, they have their genres. But I think those family kid uh allowed allowed to see you know those like fat wedding those movies they have a bigger audience and they have a scope of some reflection of 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 our lives and i think it's amazing and that's what made the first one so fantastic it was universally relatable and i remember being stopped by different cultures and, and i did martial law back then and, and and i thought one one story is i was at an asian restaurant because i love my my asian food and um, uh, all these families were looking at me and I went up because martial law was a big show back then. And I said, thank you. Yes, yeah, Sam, I was great. And they said, no, no, they could barely speak English, but they told me we loved fat wedding. And one of them pointed to the aunt and said, that's so-and-so. And I was like, wow. I mean, I really got it then why it was such a success. And here we are, I think 20 years later, mm-hmm. 20 plus years later. Yeah, There's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, is, and, and I'm not trying to knock Hollywood or anything like that, but all they seem the studios wanted to release is, you know, the, 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 the blow up movies, the uh, action movies that, you know, the more special effects they can do. But the one thing they're all missing is a story. And, and my big fat Greek wedding is just a story that people, you know, enjoy. It's not, you know, okay, we're not going to 
be blowing up, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever cars and, you know, there's yeah. no, no men in tights. Well, maybe I don't know, but, you know, but you know, nobody's flying around or anything. It's just a good story. So I think that's, that had a lot to do with it too. It's, it's true. I mean, look, when you get those action movies, which is pretty damn rare that have that amazing story, that's when you have a magical action movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, True Romance is one of my favorite movies with Christian Slater. And uh, I think uh, uh, it wasn't Ridley, it was his brother, right? That directed that uh, Tony Scott, I think, but nonetheless, it was one of my favorite, but then you have story and characters. So yeah, it, it, it adds to it. But like you said, most of the time, um, I guess I have a production company as well, production sales company, Odyssey Motion Pictures, and uh, we've been dealing with that question for 15 years. And ultimately, the flip side is the studios are putting so many millions and, you know, tens if not hundreds of millions into these films. They, and this is just my opinion out loud right now on, Mm -hmm. on the fly, they, I think, know if they put this actor and that actor and this actor, and it's a Marvel movie, let's say, they're going to get X amount of money on return, even if it's garbage. Right. Because so that graph, they're safe. And quite often in their defense, because I understand when you do a story, just story driven, whether it's a comedy or not, and you put in that big money, I think it's a slimmer chance of getting that financial return. That's just on a business sense. But as far as artistically, and then even on a business sense, like you said, I think if you get that story, then you've got a winner. And Fat Wedding and a lot of other comedies prove that. So, yeah. But ultimately, that's my thought process on that one. Yeah. No, and I agree with you. Uh, yeah. Now, on My Big Fat Greek Wedding, the first one, how did you get the part on that? Wow. I'm, uh, yeah, I was. I, let me think. I, me- I remember I got a call. This lady, Miss Nia Vardalos, is doing a movie, Playtone, Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson. And they want you to audition. So I, I went in with along with a lot of other people, and I auditioned for the role. And I uh, uh, got a few good laughs the first time, got the call back, uh, went back. And this time it was the heavyweights were in the room. It was the, uh, you know, the producers and it was Gary Getzman. I'm not sure if Tom was there, but Rita was there and other producers, Stephen Sureshian, you know, the gang. Yeah. And that's when the pressure comes on, you know, you, for me anyway, first auditions, I, like, I smash them usually. But then when you get third and fourth callback, like anyone, then you're like, wow, I could get this pressure's on. <laughs> so I think it was a few callbacks. And then they they called me up and said, welcome aboard. It was pretty, pretty damn amazing. Yeah. 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 And, and like I said, yeah. where this was a, a smaller movie, uh, you know, in, in production wise, it's, it's not the one of the big right. studios. You probably just thought, well, this is another job. It's going to be a good job. But, uh, you know, you never probably expected that it was going to blow up like it did. Yeah, I don't think anyone knew that was going to happen. How could you, you know? Um, But we knew we had a good film. I mean, we were laughing on set and we were just, you you know, you kind of, you know, we all say it in film business, you never know what's going to end up in the editing room. You never know what they're going to dish out. And as a filmmaker and a director now, you know, sometimes your vision uh, is not what the studio or the the company wants to put out. They change it, you know, so there's that too. But um, with this particular film, we knew we had something pretty damn good, but what it did, uh, you know, who, who could expect that? I, I recently, I had another little podcast and they, they asked me the same question. I do remember the timing was right. It was a little after 911 and it was literally, I think it sat on the shelf for two and a half years, this film. Fat Wedding, number one. Not many people know it. They didn't really know what to do with it. And then 
somehow there was a gentleman and the, the, he watched it and he said it was amazing and he shed a tear with his family and he got together with Plato and Rita and all those guys. Rita did tell me the story and they made their game plan and and I think the public needed mm-hmm. something like this at that point. And boy, did they. Yeah. Because, you know, wow, have a look what happened. Yeah. And there's nothing like a good laugh, man. Oh, yeah. And, and I remember seeing it going up the charts just slowly taking was, its time that was crazy <laughs> yeah and, and I, I saw it in the studios and then uh, i was in hawaii for for a short time and uh, they showed it on the beach and there were hundreds of people watching this movie on the really? beach wow. yeah it was it was amazing i mean it, it just yeah, man, it was it was really great i remember you reminded me of a moment we ended up doing that tv series and when we shot the pilot of the tv show i think it was called fat life the movie, this was a year plus after we released it, uh, the movie was still in the theatres a year later, wow. and we were number one on DVD, Jeez. number, I think, two in the theatres, whatever it was, for a year, man. Yeah. And then we were doing the pilot. And I remember that. Everyone was like, we had a toast or something, like pretty <laughs> incredible moments. So, you know, a year later, we're doing a TV show, and it's still in the theatre. Yeah. And it's number one on DVD. How does that happen? Yeah, yeah I like, know. That's unreal. I think those are the specs, I'm quite sure. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Pretty special. A couple of years ago, um, I had Lainey Kazan on the show, and uh, she had mentioned that they were they hadn't started yet making uh, the production for, in fact, I don't even know if they had the script at that time when she was talking about it, but My Big Back Greek Wedding 3 um, was going to be coming out, and uh, she, it was interesting to hear her talking about it. It was nice to hear that they were going to make the the sequel. Uh, but as far as um, the whole cast is back, but uh, unfortunately, uh, Michael Constantine is, uh, you know, he passed away, and that must have been a lot for you to make this film without him. You know, it, it was. It was It was as beautiful as, as it was difficult for, I think, most of us. I think he was a big catalyst, and he was the heart behind it. In a sense, the motivation, uh, I do believe Nia has shared that uh, he, he gave her his blessings and kind of demanded we make it, you know, and it's and it definitely an homage, and in in honor of him so he was still with us in a sense Mm -hmm. and uh i think that's part of what makes this so so beautiful and special yeah so i'm i'm really excited just to be honest with you yeah it's 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 a pretty special one to me anyway a lot of heart and soul the symbolism through gus and so i'm I'm sure the people are going to get it because it was definitely there on set yeah. There were some emotional moments, that's for damn sure. Yeah. Well, I've seen the trailers, and, uh, you know, it was nice to see that, you know, he's still part of. The, Absolutely. It's not yes. they just, you know, okay, he's gone, and, and he's no longer with us, and it's not, not we're not sure. going to do anything. But, it, you know, it really bonds the family is what it's yeah. doing. Yeah. Sure does. No, he's with us through the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really nice. And on that note, Nia uh, directed this one. I'm, I'm sure you know that. Mm-hmm. Nia, the writer-creator, she directed it. And she did such an incredible job, man. I mean, the movie's beautiful. Uh, yeah, big kudos to her for that. And the trailer looks stunning. It's just beautiful. I think everyone's pretty excited. Yeah. And they, I mean, you're in Greece, right? That's what, is that where yeah. you filmed it? And, and you know, how, how beautiful is that? I mean, that, that there alone is incredible, the scenery and everything. It's really, that's what I mean. It's just beautiful. But her vision, it's incredible. I, I can't say too much, obviously, but it right. looks it just looks to me it's everything one of those movies should be when you have that grand scale 
you know, and you have a little bit of a budget and she, wow, did she make it look beautiful. I can't wait to see it on the big screen, actually. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? No, I haven't. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I've seen pieces because I had to do my post work. Right. But, you know, sit down and watch it in its entirety, no. Yeah. Is is that a lot different, uh, you know, when you finally get to see the thing all done, completed? Any movie, TV show that you're on that, you you know, you're filming parts here and there. When it's all compiled together... Uh, it, 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 even though you know what's going on, you've seen the scripts and everything, does it still affect you seeing the movie? Yeah, it's the best feeling, yeah. I mean, it's the payoff, you know, especially as an artist, you know. Uh, just it's it's the payoff, seeing it come together and recreating life and seeing this story as though it's happening for the first time. I think that's, to me, that's the best feeling when I get my screener from my editor or if, for example, going, if it's not my film, going to a, a screening or a premiere and just saying right on yeah press play yeah you know and and see, let's see when you're at the uh the premieres like that uh are you paying attention to the film or are you looking at the reactions are you know are the people getting for sure jokes for sure a little both for sure yeah absolutely a little both you know and actually uh again i just had a conversation about that the screenings to me are always a little rough because you're doing a lot of networking you know you and then you're watching the people and you're nervous but uh, i like going after with a crowd a, a neutral crowd and putting on a hat and just sitting in the back and seeing how a neutral cr- crowd that decided to pay money to see a movie this week see how they feel and i like to do that yeah. and see a, a genuine reaction from complete strangers that you know saw a movie on their own accord yeah i i always say it inviting people to a screening i don't know i don't want to get too into it now but there's a lot that goes into that man you know there's a lot there's you know it's different when people just voluntarily go to a theater and say i'm going to see this movie right i don't know if that makes sense but to yeah. me it does. No, yeah. i understand exactly what you're saying and is it different for you when you've acted in a movie and you go to the premiere and, and see people or, or go to a, a, a showing where people are seeing it. And is it different when you're the writer and director, producer, whatever, uh, you know, because now it's not just your acting, you're, you know, this Absolutely. is your baby. <laughs> is it a lot different? hundred percent. As an actor, you kind of do your job and you sit down and you enjoy the ride and, you know, People can point the fingers in a million direct, directions, but when you're directing and you're helming, that finger's pointed to you, baby. Right. Yeah. You. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pacer if I'm directing. I, I don't sit down and watch. I like to pace at the back and observe. And yeah, you know, yeah, it's difficult when when you're in that seat for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and 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 I noticed that you've got some movies uh, that are coming out now. I mean, you've directed and, and before and produced and things like that. But you've got uh, some films coming out, like uh, one on Paramount, uh, Three Days in Malay, is it? That's correct. Yeah, that's a World War II film. And um, Brandon Schlegel, uh, who directed The Battle of Saipan, wrote that for for myself and uh, Damon Hillen. So Damon Hillen's uh, become a dear friend, Hillen Entertainments, and he does these incredible action films over in Thailand, you know, and uh, we did a slate there more or less. So Three Days in Malay, which is, I believe, a September release. Real proud of that, man. It's Cowboy Cerrone, Rampage Jackson, and uh, an array of some other wonderful actors. Um, We have that. And then after that, we had one called Operation Blood Hunt, which is kind of a follow-up on the other one. Uh, so these are soon to be released. And there's another wonderful film called Hellhound uh, coming out. I'm real proud of that one too. And so there's 
you know, three or four, maybe five really good films coming out latter part of this year. And I can't wait. We, you know, I worked really, really hard last year. I had no downtime and I was blessed to have the opportunities to direct some more because that's become my real passion now. You know, I'm really oh, into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy uh, doing that. And a lot more of that's going to happen. Great. Hi, I'm Loretta Swit, and I'm on On Screen and Beyond. Like you say, you've got all these films coming out. And are those, uh, I know one is on Paramount Plus, the three days one, uh, but is uh, the. Operation... I, 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 I heard a rumor, I'm not sure, but I, I think you're right on that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just reading the press release. So. Copy, copy, copy. Yeah. Oh, so you're, you don't know when. Uh, I, heard, I heard rumors Paramount have picked it up, but uh, I'm not, that's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But uh, you also had a, a, a newborn. This past year, indeed, yeah. Congratulations! Yeah, little Noah Elias Ioannis joined us in May, and uh, pretty trippy how wow. it happened, but it did, and I'm blessed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Now, as far as your career, you didn't always want to be an actor. Is that correct? No, no. I I was an athlete, and uh, I, I I was an illustrator. So, um, my, you know, I want, my plan was to draw for Marvel and do comic books and paint and do that kind of thing. But I was also a, a, a boxer. So when I got to Los Angeles, I was sitting in my brother's classes, training during the days as a, as a boxer and uh, just thinking about what's going to happen. So it wasn't really a dream to be an actor at that point. Um, but after some time, things happened and uh, life, you know, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Here I am now auditioning for... Mindy Marin for Paramount's uh, Necessary Roughness. I'm not sure if you remember that film. Yes, yes. That was my more. I did China Beach for my SAG card. China Beach, that's how old I am, dear Lord. So, <laughs> yeah, China Beach was my SAG card. John Levy, I remember, called me in, hired me for a drunk Aussie soldier. And I said, aren't I going to audition? He says, no, you're perfect for this one, Lewis. <laughs> and uh, I went and did China Beach, got the sad card. Then I started really auditioning because, you know, that old sad card is a bit of a pain in the neck. Mm. Behold, um, I was boxing at the time and I had a, a, a bout for a contract and I did eight rounds with a dude called The Fixer. I'm cutting this short. And uh, it, was on a, it was on a Sunday and Saturday night, a buddy of mine says, let's go to a party. You're a little nervous. I said, wouldn't you be? You're fighting a guy called The Fixer. And um, we went to the party and I met Mindy Marin. She said, come audition Monday. So Sunday I had my boxing contract fight and uh, I got really badly hurt. I was beat up pretty bad. So Monday when I went to the audition, I underplayed it. I didn't overact. I didn't have an acting lesson ever. So because I was so beat up, I gave a performance. It was actually pretty good. I love this story because it actually happened. So I leave. And she says, you booked the job. You underplayed it. You were calm. You didn't talk too loud. And I said, Mindy, I'm not an actor. I'm a boxer. I lied. I don't have any acting experience. She says, that's okay. Just have the guy beat you up like you did every morning before you come. <laughs> You'll be just fine. That's a true story. That's how my life changed. So soccer led me to boxing, boxing to America to visit my brother who broke the ice with Triumph for the Spirit back then with um, Willem Dafoe and Robert Young directing. It was a wonderful film. And um, then I followed Costas, and uh, that's how it happened for me. After some boxing, I went to this party, and this guy beat me so bad, I gave a good audition. Maybe I should take her advice and get beat up before every audition. I'd work more. I don't know about that. <laughs> now, you, you've got to uh, – I know they say the movie business is, is uh, you know, a rough business and everything, 
Yeah, but man. it can't compare to boxing. I mean, like you say, getting pounded and beaten and hit all the time. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's different. You know, uh, I've been saying for the years, it's absolutely, it is different. It's such a physically demanding and and and, and a, a solitude kind of road, the fight game. But show business, whew, talk about body blows and emotional blows. I mean, it's the same in that respect, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Is it hard to get into some of the characters that you play? I mean, you know, when, when you're playing a mean guy, you know, uh, you're physically, uh, not physically, but mentally in your head. Uh, is it hard to get into those? You know, I mean, sometimes you may have, I don't know, you know, I can't say I've seen every movie you've done because you've done so many. But, uh, you know, some of these roles got to be taxing on you. They are, man. They really are. Um, I just did one now that's coming out. It's called Revival. I did it in Rome with an independent filmmaker and crew and with Michael Perry. And it's such a great script. And without giving up too much, I get killed maybe 25 times in it over and over, you know, it took me a couple of weeks to recover from that. That was pretty demanding, but to be honest with you, it's, um, I can switch it on. I'm one of these guys that can switch it on once I know, once I know what I'm going to do, once I have that innate honestly, honesty about the character, that's what's difficult. Like playing a bad guy, a great example is, I'm not sure if you've seen The Offer, The Making of the Godfather, the television series. That's on Paramount+. Plus. Yep, yep. Well, I, I booked the role of Mickey Cohen on that. And um, it was only one day's work. It was, you know, one one nice, you know, nice little scene with Miles Teller. Um, maybe three pages of dialogue, that's all. But, I mean, the intensity and the work I put into that three pages... Turning it on wasn't a problem. I, I just, you know, when you have it in you, it's there. You you sit on it and you do your emotional preparation. But the nuanced performance, that's what's really difficult. I mean, I rehearsed that three pages probably three or four hundred times over and over and over for that week uh -huh. preceding uh, shooting it. So, you know, just owning that honesty within the character, that's difficult. Oh, wow. Was it true that you were one of the finalists for the part of Joey on Friends? Uh, apparently, yeah. I, I mean, you look, see, I you see a lot of stuff on the internet, so I never know if it's, if it's true or not. You know, that's why I like it's to not. ask. Yeah, it's the, the producers, Kevin Bryden, I think uh, Martha. I'm not sure the lady's name right now, but yeah, all this stuff's come out. All these, like the reunion, it was on the reunion show. So I woke up to an influx of emails and messages. I knew I was pretty close, but, uh, you know, in this business, they say, thank you, goodbye. You never know behind the scenes what's going on. So what is it, 20 years later, they do the reunion, and I'm hearing that, that I had the job. And then uh, Matt, who's a dear friend of mine, he's an unbelievable human being, that man. I love him to death, um, who absolutely deserved the job, and it couldn't have been another person. You know, that's just how art is. It was meant to be that group. Mm -hmm. But apparently I got real close and had it, and then he came in the next day and uh, you know, I told the joke, he had a black eye and they fell in love with him. He gave an audition and yeah, he stole it from me. Good on you, Matt. <laughs> you should have got beat up. <laughs> you know, had that guy beat you up again. <laughs> great. It was, it was meant to go down that way. But then many years later, I'm sure, you know, I get a call to audition for Joey's twin, mm -hmm. the role of Carl. And, and I'm um, thinking, you know, well, I'm auditioning for this. It's pretty cool. And I went in there and when I booked that, it was, I don't know, it was just as, um, uh, what was called just as a, an amazing feeling because I got to walk into that house and be a fake Joey and say, how are you doing completely wrong? <laughs> so it was kind of worth it, man. It was a great experience. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, are there any other projects that you can tell us about? I know sometimes you can't, uh, but uh, things besides the ones that you've mentioned that, uh, you know, you've got going on that, that you're working on? That's the thing. If I In this business, until they're green lit, me personally, I, I rarely discuss them because, the, you know, what's the point until they're green lit? But we are setting up a bunch of really good things here good. Uh, through my company and uh, individually. Uh, there's some offers on the table and um, I'm hoping for a really good back half a year, actually. Yeah. Good. And oh, I can talk about one because I own the IP. So I've been doing this movie called Smokers for many, many years now. I'm talking about four or five even more possibly years. One of those passion projects that I've been shooting bits and pieces, but it's such a wonderful little project that I've decided to finish that in the next two months as in physical production. So we're finishing that. I know there's a lot of people online that always ask, when are we going to see smokers? Cause I've been promoting it on and off for that long, assuming yeah. wow. I'm going to finish it, but it's a tough business, especially when you're paying for everything yourself. You know, it's an expensive business, this filmmaking. So uh, I, I, I can say that I'm real proud of that film. And by uh, actually uh, early 24, it's going to have a release. Smokers, stand by. Great. Congratulations. Hostess Mandalore and myself starring in it. My brother did me a favor, came. And the wonderful Peter Organ, Paki Parazi, and uh, Diana Sara. There's a few stars in the movie. So anyways, yeah, that's a good one coming out. Great. Well, uh, you know, I'd like to talk about so many other things with you, but I know we're getting short on time. Uh, but uh, your storyboarding for your directing sounds very interesting. So, uh, you know, I, I just have to quickly get into that. Sure, so man. You, no, go so ahead. you draw out every, basically every frame? Is, is that what you're working when you do your directing to, on your storyboards? I do indeed, yeah. Um, when I, you know, I've been, I've been an aspiring filmmaker for, since I was a young kid, I just never really explored it. I, I always wanted to draw for Marvel comics. That was my dream when I was a youngster. So as far as paneling, I realized pretty early on that the panels are actually the storyboards for a movie. Mm -hmm. And if you really observe these panels, the way these artists sketch them, they they even lens them in a way with the close-ups over the shoulders, yeah. even though I don't lens them, it's just in the perspective point is that through my illustration, I tested myself and uh made a, my first movie called jimmy bones which actually i'm going to release that uh early 24 too i'm doing a re-edit and a director's cut i shot that on film and cut it on a movieola in case anyone's wondering that's listening to this so that's an old one it's never been released ever and it's a homage to my childhood in melbourne australia the dark side of my childhood it's pretty intense it's very artistic though it's a little out there point is that um i experimented with jimmy bones and um since then the storyboarding is yeah it's how i I'll, I'll, I'll location scout brian and then after i kind of have an idea of my locations i'll sit in a room literally for a week or two five six hours a day and just analyze every scene and board it yeah and uh i'll end up pasting the movie on my around my whole apartment in rows and i just sit there and have a ciggy and i watch the movie over and yeah. over then i'll add boards so that's kind of the process at home now uh last thing on this i have a book that i'm thinking of putting together on all the movies that i've directed there's been about 10 11 but there's five or six because the book you know make it the best of the best so i'm thinking about making a little book on independent films storyboarding etc because i have all the boards from all those films it's pretty cool yeah hope i can do something with them they look cool yeah when, when i saw that i thought that that would be interesting to see your, your book that you have all these different things yeah. in there. yeah yeah it's interesting because i i posted a lot of my boarding when i was doing the world war ii movies and 
it's so funny because they start so pristine and wonderful and then towards the end of the shoot there's bullet holes in them and blood and water and you know after the the stress of the physical production the boards are just like been destroyed almost but that's what makes them great in the book you see the progression of you know the first day shoot to the last day shoot and you just see the stress through the boards that's how i perceive it anyways yeah 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 no i know what you're talking about I, i've i've directed a uh, animated movie that was out and uh it's uh it's basically the same thing you know you make right. out your storyboards and then of course we're animating it but uh it's uh, it's it's an interesting way to do it it's a, i like that yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I read a few books, you know, on the best is Spielberg, Hitchcock. Uh, you know, they all they board everything, you mm. know, they have the boards, they, yeah. they know exactly, you know, there's a great book on Psycho, and they revealed Hitchcock's boards. Don't know if he actually boarded them or not. But you see the boarding there. And they're exactly the frames of the film once you board. I mean, there's always uh, time and, and reasons to maneuver and adjust. But you have the map, I call it the map when right. I'm on set. Exactly. I have things might change but you know they're the frames and they're the lenses yeah yeah well, that's fasc yeah, fascinating uh, well yeah. lewis i know that's, we're gonna that's can you see that i'm just playing with oils now oh a bit. okay yeah yeah wow i've got a buyer on that one that's a good one but yeah yeah my, that's my darker side down there <laughs> wow but yeah so the illustration is a big part of me it, it, it keeps me sane to be honest Brian. yeah yeah i'm but sure yeah. it relaxes you when you're when you're done with a set or something it, does. it does yeah yeah well lewis i i cannot thank you enough for joining us uh but i'd like to finish up with one final question but first i want to make sure everybody is ready for my big fat creek wedding three that'll be coming out on september 8th in theaters and of course on uh you know, look out for your other films, which are uh, the the Three Days in Malay and Operation Blood Hunt. That's coming out, and uh, but you, like you said, you don't have much time to sit back and relax and things like that because you've been so busy. But when you do, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Whoa, man. What, oh, what do you no. enjoy? What are you turning the channel? Like, see, that's how old I am, turning the I'm channel. I'm a strange one, man. I'm a strange one. I mean, as far as movies and favorite movies and everything, there's, there really is so many um, TV shows. I, I, sometimes I'll revisit shows. I love that. Mm -hmm. I revisited Columbo recently. Yes. I would love, I've always wanted to do a remake of Columbo and play that imbecile cop who's actually a genius. I mean, one of my favorite series ever made, the writing um so look man i mean i'm a lover of all film and art i love my horror i love my action and uh lately it's been a lot of research because of my work so i'll do that i'll research by watching other films that are the same genre for example the world war ii movies so i went through all the world war ii movies etc but to answer that question i guess my downtime what i do you know unless it's research uh for me i'm a pretty wound up heady guy and people that know me know that um, I need a definitive, uh, I guess, defrag of my computer or else it affects me. So you get a little older, you get to know yourself. To answer your question, <laughs> uh, people are going to think I'm strange, but lately it's been an obsession. The last week I've been watching all these uh, Stranger Stories on YouTube. This, the Stranger Stories is the name of one of many of these channels that have these police interrogations of these these criminals that get court and they interrogate them and the way they do it and just catching them and then the lies and then they confront them and put them in handcuffs and they never see daylight ever ever again um i've been finding them extremely fascinating 
Yeah. So that's what I've been watching recently, these interrogation scenes. And I think at the end of the day, I'm fascinated with behavior. So what you get out of watching them is, um, you know, real life people dealing with like, whether it's murder or whatever it is, uh, trying to lie their way out when they've been busted. And I just think it's absolutely fascinating and, and God bless those amazing homicide detectives. And, you know, they're just incredible at what they do. It's just real. It's an intellectual game of chess, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. It's such a fragile, fragile process. So I love my law shows. I smashed through suits the first two seasons. I love law. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, can we get to the classics, the best movies? I mean, there's, there's quite a few. Do you have a favorite film? It's hard, it's hard to answer that. It, it is. <laughs> but that's why I, I don't answer <laughs> I can say that I've seen probably Midnight Run more than any other movie. That's how I like to answer movie. that. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lover of all genres, man. And uh, I get very emotional when I watch films and I'm the type of guy that everyone has to leave the room. If there's one noise, you can't get up. There's no pausing. You know what I mean? I yeah. just, that's why I prefer, you know, my, my, some of my friends used to think I was strange, but I love going to the movies alone. I think that when I go with people, it diminishes my, my uh, experience unless they're the right people, you know, that yeah. do the same to me. You know what I mean? Yes. I, and definitely I, I want to try and get every single thing this filmmaker is trying to do and, Get into the performances. These yeah. actors work hard, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be sitting next to somebody who says, what, what, what's going on? Why did they mean this? You know, it's like, oh, like I want any, to watch questions, it. <laughs> any questions. And the guys in front of you that put their phones on, you just want to like oh, yeah. hit them in the head with the popcorn, you know, the yeah. phones. Anyway, I'm like that. I'll get that. If I'm in a movie and someone 15 rows ahead of me turns their phone on and I see that white screen, I'm, I, I'm not going to swear on your show, but I'm effed. I'm done with the movie. That's how maniacal my mind is. And I'll get so fixated on doing something about that, that I've missed 20 minutes of the movie and someone's Lewis, calm down, man. Yeah. 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 Well, Lewis, I cannot thank you enough for joining us. My it's, pleasure, it's, brother. It was been, a lot of fun. Yeah. It's been fascinating. And uh, I, I thank you so much. And I wish you luck with all the films you got coming out. I appreciate it, Brian. Thank you kindly and have a beautiful day and appreciate you having me. What a great guy, Louis Mandalore, right here on On Screen and Beyond. I want to thank him so much for joining us and letting us in on the, the upcoming film, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3, as it comes your way on September 8th. So keep your eye out for that. Well, we have just been rolling along here with more and more episodes, and I hope you go to onscreenandbeyond.com and you can find every single episode that we have uh, put out over the last 16 years. A lot of famous, you know, musicians and, and even sports people. We've had some of them, Fran Tarkenton and also Boom Boom Mancini, Ray Boom Boom Mancini was on. And uh, we've also had, you know, numerous musicians and uh, from groups and things like that. Some of your favorite songs from the past. And uh, we, we, and then of course, TV and movie stars all the time, Oscar winners, everything else. Be sure to check back on onscreenandbeyond.com and, uh, you know, check them out, see which ones you want to listen to. I'm sure there's all kinds that you'd enjoy. Well, that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Demarak. Take care. <laughs>